the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 9th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. In a few months, Ohio voters will no longer be allowed to vote with utility bills or other non-photo documents. That's when a new law goes into effect that requires voters to present strict forms of photo ID at the polls. Samantha Searles with the Intercommunity Justice and Peace Center explains most older residents, people in rural communities, and others who don't drive will have to obtain a new state photo ID, most commonly in the form of a driver's license. Under the law, new Ohio driver's licenses will be required to list citizenship status. Not only do people have to get a photo ID to vote, but that photo ID has to list someone's citizenship status on it. In a press statement, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said election integrity is a significant concern to Americans on both sides of the political aisle, and he believes the new law addresses their concerns. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. The Ohio Federation of Teachers, Ohio Alliance for Retired Americans, and Union Veterans, as well as other groups, have sued the state Over the measure, it's called HB 458. And community members continue to voice concerns about gunshot-detecting technology being considered in cities like Portland. Eric Tegetoff explains. At a recent Interfaith Peace in Action collaborative meeting, opponents of the technology known as ShotSpotter pointed out its weaknesses. Jonathan Manis is an attorney at the MacArthur Justice Center in Chicago, where the ShotSpotter surveillance system has been implemented. He says there are no published studies about how the technology responds to loud noises, and notes that every time it's triggered, police are expecting to find someone armed and potentially dangerous. To the extent that the system is being triggered by loud noises, like fireworks, cars backfiring, etc. It's creating unnecessary, dangerous situations and putting people under false suspicion. Supporters of the ShotSpotter program say it's necessary to address the growing number of gun deaths in Portland. But a 2021 study from the MacArthur Justice Center found it led to more than 40,000 dead-end police deployments in Chicago in less than two years. A ShotSpotter spokesperson says the report draws erroneous conclusions from its interpretation of police reports. The spot shotter contract with Portland could be worth up to a million dollars a year. President Biden Sunday made his first visit to the border since taking office, arriving at a city swamp by migrants amid a historic surge in illegal immigration. That from the New York Times. In a brief visit to El Paso's busiest crossing and a migrant services support center, Biden acceded to demands by Republicans that he make the trip he had not taken for two years. This is Public News Service. Employees at the Microsoft ZeniMax online studios have voted to form a union and begin collective bargaining with the tech giant. The ZeniMax quality assurance workers began organizing months ago and voted to form a union in December. The ZeniMax Workers United Union is affiliated with the Communications Workers of America, and Microsoft has recognized the union. ZeniMax is a video game production company based in Rockville with titles such as Elder Scrolls and Fallout. James Riffle is an associate QA tester for Elder Scrolls Online. He says the union hopes to address a number of problems. A lot of us are overworked and kind of feel like our passion is being 
being used against us. We've either seen firsthand or heard stories about working overtime hours and still having to work another job to afford rent or gas. We've seen unexplained discrepancies in pay before between people in the same position. I've seen people being forced to do work above their pay grade without proper compensation. This will be Microsoft's first union negotiation in the United States. The ZeniMax vote follows successful unionization efforts of tech workers at Activision, Alphabet, and Apple via the Communications Workers of America's campaign to organize digital employees. Brett Pivato reporting. Meantime, anti-war activists say one of the world's greatest humanitarian disasters has connections to one of the Commonwealth's largest employers, that's in Massachusetts, Raytheon Technologies, which supplies military weapons. Investigators with the United Nations say evidence shows Saudi Arabia has committed numerous war crimes against Yemeni civilians in the past several years. Brian Garvey of Massachusetts Peace Action says Raytheon's weapon sales are also supporting the kingdom's continued blockade of Yemen's supply routes, which has led to widespread famine and malnutrition. And frankly, many connections to international terrorism. This is a regime that cannot be trusted and really should not be provided with these weapons. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Finally, from our Eric Galatis, a new grant expected to help close the deal to protect key parcels of historic ranch lands and wildlife habitat adjacent to Mesa Verde National Park, the San Juan Scenic Byway, and San Juan National Forest. James Ryman with the Montezuma Land Conservancy says in addition to keeping stunning views from being overtaken by strip malls and condos, the conservation easement will ensure that 2,500 acres can remain productive agricultural lands, a key economic driver in the region. That's something we are really cognizant of in southwest Colorado, the loss of farmland and the loss of that farming history and those farming families. And the ability to maintain that land moving forward and protecting it is really important. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. Member Endless is supported on our interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.